0: Welcome to the JCN Clinic Podcast Show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Carissa. And we are finally diving into some topics around food today, which we've been promising you guys for a few podcasts in a row. And today we're going to be, we've picked three out of an array of topics that you guys have asked about. So um, we're talking about soy and collagen and nutritional yeast kind of felt like soy might have been one we should have just done a separate one on but we even if we do a little bit of an overview and maybe we'll dive deeper if we get a lot more questions
1: yeah maybe just hit us up if you want to know more about so I feel like I don't know I feel like this is probably not what our listeners want to hear I'm fucking sick of talking about soy Like I feel like I've just said I need to just say my piece on it and then I'm just done with it because I feel like I've been asked it so many times and I'm just like, oh, okay, here we go.
0: <laughs> well, at least once we've, listen to us, at least once we've done it, we'll have this here as a reference. Yeah. So when people ask, we can say, you need to go and listen to this episode.
1: Here's how I feel about Soy. Go and listen to this.
0: Well, um, shall we just dive in and do you want to start, yeah. shall we start with soy and just Let's start with soy since we're talking about it. Do you want to go first? Or do you... <laughs> um,
1: sure, why not? I, I think the way I'm like setting this up to sound is that I'm going to be like soy is crap, don't have it, but I'm actually going to say the yep. complete opposite yep. <laughs> and tell y'all that I'm so pro-soy.
0: <laughs> tell y'all.
1: I say, y'all, I'm pro soy, And, um, yeah, like I think, you know, I feel like soy is one of those little controversial food topics or food like not food topics, but probably food topic, but foods that have just been smashed and demonized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's been a lot of um, controversy about whether or not people should should or should not include soy in their diet. Yeah. Um. And I just think we're kind of like the way the re- – for me anyway now, I'm, I know you're on board with this because you're the bloody tofu, tempeh, crispy, <laughs> bloody queen. So <laughs> so I know you're human being it if you're disagreeing with this but um I just think like if if soy agrees with you from a gut point of view yeah um then I really don't see any issues with consuming it in moderation as long as you're really diligent about sourcing good quality yes. um, good quality products and not byproducts of soy I think byproducts of soy is where a lot of the confusion has come in about soy Mm -hmm. and I also think people not really understanding um phytoestrogens and their role in the body and phyto and estrogen receptors in the body and how that um plays out in you know estrogenic cancers and all of that sort of stuff but I think over the last sort of five years a lot of that's become a lot more clear Mm -hmm. um and we've actually started started to really understand um you know the role of estrogen in the female body and how phytoestrogen try to estrogenic foods can actually be quite beneficial if they're, mm. you know, not genetically modified and in their whole food form.
0: I think, yeah, and that's a really important thing that you just pointed out. And I feel like that's where the confusion still lies because I think there was a lot of fear mongering over soy and very, it's that typical, I know we've talked about it before, where a food is in the limelight, um, and has it sort of, Praises is sung as like the you know the be all and then it was slammed and there was a lot of um, there was a lot of talk about it being estrogenic promoting estrogen um, driving estrogen too high and um, a lot of people because of that just steered super clear of that yeah but as you just highlighted realistically what we've we've seen come about for quite some time through research is the fact that it is a phytoestrogen and it has the ability to if anything modulate estrogen in the yeah. body um yeah and it does as you you said it binds to receptors in our body and it can actually or, or, or not can it does push your estrogen metabolites down more beneficial pathways so as chris was yeah. just talking about particular we're dealing with estrogen driven conditions, um, different types of cancers, um, hormonal issues like endo and fibroids and the like. Um, we're seeing actually estrogen being pushed down more favorable pathways because yeah. of the use of soy. And that's why we often use soy um in a medicinal way in the clinic for certain types of, of clients. Um, but definitely is why we um, are, are big on including it. As part of a whole food diet, um, in conjunction with everything else, and I think, I think when people have issues with soy, I know um, this is something I've written about on the blog before, and I'm
1: really excited for your blog post. this Yeah, Friday. I thought like total <laughs> well, spoiler, but you guys will get the blog post for you probably get the podcast. So
0: yeah, <laughs> you're like gonna get it.
1: made your own soy milk, and Lex and I were just like, wow,
0: <laughs> you're gonna get like a double whammy today. So I've really dived in a little bit more there on. The science, which I've done before with soy on the blog, but it's just reiterating it. Um, And one of the things I think is really important is that people, when they have issues with soy, it's generally more driven by the fact that it is a legume. And if you have gut issues, as Krista was saying, usually that's where the problem lies. So it's actually often highlighting the fact that there's underlying gut issues, or it is a food that you may be intolerant to. So we do see people have reactivity to soy on that level, but... Um, being tied, going back to that whole estrogen picture, like it's really, it's really, just, I would say almost a fallacy is a word that I would use these days. And I just, one I of agree. the things I was talking about when I was writing that blog is like, I don't know how many times we'll ask clients in consult, particularly in initial about different types of foods and how about this and how about that? And if we mention tofu or tempeh, um, or Miso or whatever it might be, often a response from our clients will be like, "Oh no, no, I don't eat soy; it's bad for you." And then they usually follow it up by saying, "Isn't it?" Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like,
1: <laughs> "Like, can you give me a second opinion here?" Yeah, yeah.
0: They just, it's just there's this like overall like thought that soy is bad, and then because you've brought it up, it's like, "Oh, hang on, isn't it bad for you?"
1: Mm. So
0: I really, uh, that's I think one of the the reasons we wanted to talk about it was to to really break that down and not only say it's. Fine for the definitely a huge majority of people, um, yeah. but also there's benefits. You know, yeah, the benefits absolutely. are just what I really want people to understand.
1: And it's not. It's this, and it is the same with everything. Like it's, it's an in moderate yeah. All foods are in moderation. Food. Like if you're going to be drinking two liters of soy milk a day and having tempeh with your lunch and tofu yeah. with your dinners and all of that. Like, to me, that that's probably too much. Yeah. Like, that's too much of a good thing. But, you know, like, like it's just – it's a food mm. to be enjoyed in moderation, like so many whole foods, and it does have really great um, biochemical benefits in the body, and especially for people who have, you know, estrogen – what was you know, estrogen-dominant, but more estrogen-driven conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, exactly. Like, the, way, the more we understand about the human body and estrogen, the more we understand that, you know, phytoestrogens are actually beneficial. So yeah. – like some other phytoestrogens, Justin, in case you guys wanted to know, <laughs> obviously um, flax seeds.
0: Yeah, so no one's
1: been out there bloody demonising flax seeds, have they? But it's always <laughs> <probably> bad, right? <laughs> so true. Flax seeds, sesame seeds, um, oats, arom, alfalfa. Phytoestrogen. Um, what are some other ones? Alfalfa, uh,
0: alfalfa, and mushrooms. mung beans. Oh, yeah, mung beans.
1: maybe that's what I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think last thing I wanted to say too about. The space of soy, and you touched on this, is we're talking about whole food soy in its original form, so non-GMO soy, which isn't as much of an issue here in Australia. I think people in the states, it's a big issue. But yeah, non-demo. Let's face
1: it; it's where a lot of the bloody research comes from, and then a lot of the yeah. bloody headlines that Australia. I'm just going to have a little rant about Australian here media. She goes. <laughs> here, but Australian media just jumps on the coattails of anything American media does, and then just flashes it across our screens. Yeah. And the not like I'm not going to say the naive mind, but like the 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 general um the general person who's not in the research field or not in the nutrition space. I shouldn't say naive. That's totally terrible. But <laughs> like. Like, for example, I had this conversation with my mum about soy the other day. And mum just...
0: <laughs> Speak naive. Up. You go to your mum. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to these. Mum's
1: is like, because oh, I will eat tofu or tempeh or have soy milk now that I've worked out, I can have it. And, you know, she's sort of, she's like, I oh, shouldn't have that. It causes cancer. I'm like, oh, let's man. have this conversation, mum. <laughs> just because the news tells you that it causes cancer yeah. doesn't mean that it does. Let's break That's the research it.
0: down. So we're talking <laughs> about, um, yeah, tofu, tempeh, miso edamame beans um good quality soy milk we we still um definitely are not advising people to use the genetically modified soy or a lot of products particularly i see come out of the states and you see them here in australia too that are like um, made with more like soy protein isolate as a base, in that, which yeah. which is kind of like extracting a part of the soy and using it in a really high level. So I can understand when they look at studies with soy protein isolate, they're seeing more um, variations in how it's affecting the body as opposed to soy in its natural form and having tofu. Um, yeah.
1: And I think that's yeah. just something that I feel like I'm a bit on an anti-American rant here about that. <laughs> But it's just the the difference, too. Like, I, I had this conversation with someone the other day just about high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. You know I mean? Versus yes. fructose. Fructose yep. is not the enemy. High mm-hmm. fructose corn syrup is. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I mean? Like, just there's, I feel like there's so much, like, just like confusion in the space of, like, yeah, things like soy and mm-hmm. fructose and all these foods that, you know, in their whole food form, when they're not tampered with by science and, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, they're totally, they're totally fine. But it's when yeah. science has got a hold of them, and then media has changed and skewed some of that research, that we start to see people becoming really scared of them. Well, so we
0: see it all the time. Like I know it's a slight deviation, but even with like the. <laughs> From the what the hell sort of type films through to the studies released around you know saying meat causes cancer, you know like of course it's putting everything in the same bucket. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like of course if you're eating high amounts of processed meats high in nitrates, you know as a it's so different to consuming good quality meat as part of the whole food diet and the type of person that eats a high amount of processed meats full of nitrates as part of their whole diet is also usually very deficient in fruit and vegetables and whole grains and legumes. So it's just it's just very narrow window way of looking at things and it often gets sensationalized. And I think, unfortunately, soy has fallen into that. So hopefully today it will be something that listeners will take away and go, oh, maybe I will buy some nice organic tofu and um, make up I don't know the sticky ginger tofu off the, off yeah, the website because yeah, exactly. it's delicious.
1: Well, we're even saying today, like, not sorry, sorry, today, like, let's know when we saw your um soy milk that was posted on Instagram. We started just talking about like the proper like um way of making soy, like traditional yeah. traditional soy versus even probably what most of us are buying from the supermarket. Yeah. And it was interesting because when um Michelle and I went to um one of the producers dinners at Wild Canary, the um, when they did the Byron Bay and Northern Rivers, and I can't remember for the life of me the lady's name, so apologies. Like, but anyone who does, feel free to drop this into our show notes or something. But she um, actually uses that proper traditional Japanese way of fermenting um, mm. the soybean, making um, tempeh and tofu, and that oh, sort I of stuff. Do that. And I was, yeah. So, and that was the first time I'd had soy not reacted to so it. Remember, I went yep. to this dinner and I'm like, I'm yep. going to give this crack. And I didn't react. And I was like, what the hell? And then I actually went and spoke to, you know, obviously Kate, who, like, you know, is um, in charge of wild canary there. And she said, oh, no, the lady that makes the soy that we've sourced it from, she uses these traditional Japanese methods and blah, blah. Anyway, I was telling Lex about that. And Lex is like, funny you say that because obviously her brother owns two Vietnamese restaurants down mm-hmm. in um, Melbourne. And a lady, a lady that works for him, who she said is one of just the most amazing cooks she's ever like known in her life and she's done a bit of work with her as well. She said she is one of the only people in Australia to her knowledge that actually uses this traditional Japanese way of making, um, you know, tempeh and tofu and stuff. And apparently yeah. there's not even a lot of people in Australia practicing that. So imagine getting your hands on that stuff. I
0: know. Yeah. That's my next goal at a point is to start going down that pathway. I'm going to start with tofu first and then yeah. then tempeh. I'll probably poison myself when I make tempeh.
1: No, well, you know, you've done it before. So. That's it. <laughs>
0: So let's move on to I'm looking at my list. Let's move on to maybe nutritional yeast. Um yeah. I feel, like I, feel nutrition- I
1: like I like this as a topic. I
0: know. It's such a and it's one we get a lot of questions about I think okay. on socials and even with clients. Um a lot of people haven't even tried it. Some people we yeah. see come in and they're familiar with it, but there's definitely a lot of people like, oh, "What's nutritional yeast?" So um, I must say,
1: I was a nutritional yeast virgin up until a couple of years ago. Like, I yeah. don't think I really knew what it was. I think maybe until I saw it in your cheesy um, gut bread rolls, oh, yeah. those ones, I was like, "Oh, what's this stuff?" And I'd heard it kind of flipped around a bit, but yeah, I, don't, I kind of yeah, I can't believe yeah. I never used it.
0: So it's it's essentially if people aren't sure, um, nutritional yeast is it's an inactive type of yeast, um, so it's not it's not alive essentially, but it has been. Um, grown in like a sugar or glucose medium and what it results in is like once it's dried off it looks like i always say to my clients it looks like yellow fish food so it's dried and flaky um or or like um that horrible dried parmesan that you see sometimes they're really processed stuff it kind of it looks a bit like that so usually you'll buy it in a flake form sometimes it's powdered Um, and it has, because of that fermentation that happens, um, or or with the yeast, which is pretty common when you think about yeasty products, it has, um, a, a cheesy flavor. So it's used as an alternative for that cheesy flavor for people who don't eat dairy, can't eat dairy. So a lot of vegans or just dairy intolerant people tend to use it and it can be used in well, as Chris has said with baking, like, you know, it might be thrown into products for baking for cheesiness. It's often used in pestos, anywhere that you would use, particularly parmesan, it works well. Um, and Chris is putting up her hand. <laughs> <laughs> she's got it. I was going to, to say, there. I
1: recommend it to all my dairy intolerant clients. Like for things like, if you're making a spaghetti bolognese and you want that parmesan flavour yes. over top, or making like a frittata and you want that mm-hmm. cheesy layer over the top. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who can't, like I'm kind of lucky in the space that I can get away with a little bit of harder cheese, like yep. parmesan and stuff like that. But like for you know frittatas and all that stuff, just to give that nice sort of cheesy flavoury yep. on the top. Like it's just exactly what Jess says, like over the top of pastas, that sort of stuff. Like if you can't. Do dairy mm-hmm. or parmesan, this is your go to.
0: Oh, it's so good. Even I think it's the frittata on the website, it's got like a good amount of nutritional yeast in it that's <coughs> um, kind of beat into the raw eggs before it's cooked. I find that it's almost like a kind of one for one, but I, I feel like you need a little bit more nutritional yeast. In a recipe to give the same flavor. So, if you kind of would use half a cup or quarter of a cup of normal cheese, you might need to sometimes almost double it if you want that real cheesy flavor. Chris is putting her hand up again.
1: I'm trying not to interrupt you because I feel like I keep talking on top of you. So I'll just put my hand up so you can so so you know when I want to speak. Um, so Emma last year did a batch of your cheesy gut-friendly bread rolls that made it into a bread loaf, and she like Yum. doubled or tripled the uh. your your amount of nutritional yeast and I tell you what, it was one of the best things I've ever eaten. Yum. Like it was almost like it like you could almost envision the cheese stretching out of the bread as you cut. <laughs> like I know that to a load of shit but that's how cheesy it tasted <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's when it comes to nutritional yeast i think the things that i want to explain too is that um I, I did say this already, but it is inactive. So it's actually grown from a strain of Saccharomyces, which is kind of cool. Like um, Saccharomyces, I always say
1: ceviche, but sa- I know it's not that because that's that like Mexican food. Ceverece um, <laughs> Sever- or something.
0: It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you <laughs> pronounce yeah, that probably something. the wrong way, and I won't try. But which is kind of cool. um But it is inactive, and a lot of people think if they're um, particularly if they're avoiding yeast in their diet, like candida is a classic case that they can't have it, but you actually can because it's not alive. Um, so most people, I, I personally over years and years of clinic have, I can't even think of anyone I've ever seen react to it. Like it's generally very, very well tolerated. Um, it's quite high in B vitamins and there is, there is some that you buy that's fortified with B12. I think there's a bit of a, um, a misconception that it's high in b12 but it's it's more that some are fortified with b12 (laughs) chris is giving it the thumbs down in regards to being high in b12 so it's more your your other b vitamins that it's high in um and it does have a pretty good amount of protein um but then you've got to be having a lot of it like it's usually using it like a flavoring so to get enough protein from it as a meal like you'd have to have a fair (laughs) whack
1: yeah like i think um I think I I think I looked it up once for someone and I don't quote me on this, but I think per like two to three tablespoons there was maybe like five to six grams of protein yeah. roughly, yeah. Which is yeah like to have three tablespoons of nutritional yeast in one sitting is a fair whack. So yeah,
0: yeah, depending on the sort of type of meal you're having. Like if you did, I guess if you did like the way I would see a meal working, if you did say a, like a you're talking about a pasta dish like a yeah. veggie maybe like a pesto or something like that through a a pasta where it really worked to get maybe sort of three tablespoons and kind of stir it into your pesto or stir it back through the pasta um, to get that real cheesy flavor. But usually to get enough protein from it as a food source on its own, um, it's, it's not going to be so easy. But, yeah, it is. it does have some nutritional elements, which is good with those B vitamins. Um, and I think, if anything, it's just highlighting that it is it is something that majority of people – have you ever had anyone react to it? I can't they think are, of anyone. Are. Yeah.
1: I don't is know whether it,
0: it fits it, in the histamine it, factor. That's all I would sort of – but I don't think even with my histamine clients, as usual, we talked about that with the histamine podcast. Like, everyone's different. Like, I can't I think of anyone yeah. even with that, you know – the fermentation and the bacteria, and I don't know. Yeah. It seems pretty well but, tolerated.
1: Well, I would honestly think, like, even from a fermentation point of view, um, like because it's not fermenting per se. By the time you yeah. eat
0: it, it's dead. It
1: would be even fine with hist. Hey, it's, it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> be fine with histamine, clients. Because what is it? Is it bakers or brewers yeast? It comes from originally. I always get that. I never remember that. It's one of those. I think
0: and it then might it's be deactivated brewers.
1: Brewers. I'm pretty yeah.
0: sure it's brewers.
1: Okay, yeah, cool. Brewers, uh, yeah. I'm
0: sure Brewers, yeah, I don't know if someone someone might correct us, but I'm pretty sure Brewers has that as the same Saccharomyces species. B-M-G. Yeah, Saccharomyces C. <laughs> S.C.? S.C., <laughs> yeah.
1: I always say ceviche, sab- but I know that that's that raw fish thing cooked in lime juice. <laughs> I'm so
0: wrong. <laughs> oh, I love um, how you
1: don't even attempt to say that. I'm like, I'll give it a couple of cracks and stuff up every time. <laughs>
0: so let's move on to collagen collagen is something That's we use favorite. a lot at the jcn clinic isn't it we do tend to send a lot of people out the door with some collagen
1: i feel like we should have shares in a um, collagen company yeah. <laughs> looking at looking at you Nutriorganics.
0: organics <laughs> <laughs> so collagen oh, it's so it is very now you know like it's very trendy yeah. and people are using it all over the place and there's businesses coming out all over the place too with their own types and whether it's on its own or it's added to f- with flavors, which personally I don't get. Um, but generally it's it's kind of the, the the new thing and most people when they're having it tend to be adding it to their hot milk drinks um, or to smoothies, smoothies I would say is the sort of main way people have it. But it is very, if unless it's been flavored, it's quite neutral. So you could kind of just mix it. I know my parents, I've got them onto it. They just mix it into water or into their supplements in the morning to have it. But the reason we love it at the clinic is it's, I mean, it's, it does so many things. It's, it's collagen is a building block for so much within our body. So our skin, our hair, our nails, the lining of our gut our you know generally the the joints like we're talking about a lot of different areas of the body anything
1: that's anything that's almost basically structural in yeah. the body yeah um collagen has it like just even your skin anything that basically holds you up as a as a person <laughs> <laughs> Collagen is part of that, or your cell, or your or your linings of your cell walls, like all that kind like, of stuff. Like think bones. of your
0: skeleton, like it's, it's anything that holds your skeleton together.
1: <laughs> anything, yeah, anything that holds your muscles to your bones, anything that holds your skin to your muscles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, oh. it's it's such a vital part of um, our, yeah. our everyday function, and mm. with collagen, so we've got we've got two well actually they're trying to say too many things all at once here so when it comes to collagen there's different fibers like type 1 type 2 type 3 which we can talk about but also on the market there's your different types in that there's a bovine collagen which is the most popular probably because it's the cheaper and then there's a marine collagen which is a bit more expensive and it really is mainly because of sourcing so the bovine you know a lot of people don't like thinking about this but You know, this is this is a reality. It's it's coming from animals, of course. It's coming from. I think it's a good thing. It's coming from the leftover components and not being just thrown away. So that we
1: really need to get away from being so afraid of, like, if you want to be uh, a conscious conscious animal product consumer, mm-hmm. which, you know, we all, like most of us in the clinic are, then you really need to be aware of where your food's coming yeah. from and be completely okay with utilising all parts of the animal. And collagen is part of that. Like, it's the yeah. bones and the, the cartilage and the marrow all cooked down and all that awesome, gunky funk that comes out of that.
0: Yeah, and primarily the hide too. So, they're sort of scraping a lot off that hide and... Um, yeah. Of heating that hide up, which I've been told—I've never smelt it—but I've been told it's pretty mm. full-on hearing, um, hearing it, smelling it, being oh, made.
1: We had to like once. I know this is probably a little bit off-topic, but I, yeah, we had to once bury a small calf, that, mm. um, and it, like the quickest way to do it, like I think I can't remember why it got—we um, had to burn it as opposed to bury oh. it. I think from where it had died, we couldn't get it up with a machine, so. Greg had to just basically pile a heap of stuff on top of it and just burn this carcass. And I'll tell you what, yeah, it, yeah. it's a fair smell. So I can only imagine stripping um, collagen off skin hides. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think the thing with the collagen, yeah. <laughs> the bovine collagen too, is that you can then look at making sure whoever you're buying it from, that you're sourcing it from someone who is still using their, um, their, their source of the cow's. From ideally, whether it's, you know, like a free range situation, like you're obviously there's still these hides and these carcasses that are being used, which is great. But for me personally, um, it's important to know that there's still being, um, you're still supporting a company that's doing the right thing around the, the life of these animals. So that I know that everyone differs a little bit in that, but it, and it's a lot easier to not think about that when it's collagen because it's just some powder in a tub as opposed to maybe cooking up a piece of steak or something like that. But it's still, I think, from you know, I think it's important if, to, to consider where your sources are coming from. Um, and there are different sources throughout the world. Um, I feel like there's not a lot made in Australia. A lot of it seems to be sourced overseas, but I don't know whether that just comes down to a cost thing, um, with Australia going offshore. Um, yeah, and then there's the marine. I personally have never tasted the marine. Um, some people say that they've been able to taste a slight fishiness to it because it's coming from like the scales and all the sort of cut, you know, the the, the components left over from the fish. But it's um, because of that. I mean, you know, fish is obviously more expensive in general, so it hikes the price up. But some people feel better, I think, too, about it coming from fish, like as far as sustainability goes.
1: Um, I don't don't know how I feel like I I don't feel equally about it. Like, yeah, I don't, I feel like fish is a more sustainable, like, you know what I mean? Like revenue for collagen. Like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I guess it's one, it's just one of those things. It depends on how people feel about it, but um, it is, it is, they are different sources. And to my knowledge too, I think the fish just to go into the types of fibres yeah, um. The fish, I think, is more – or the marine, I should say, is more high in just the overall type 1, which is your general type of collagen that you'll find throughout the body. Um, but when we go to the bovine type, um, I know with the brand that we tend to use in the clinic, it's – and a lot of the ones that are sold more as bovine, they tend to be a combo of type 1 and type 3, and it's a yes. type – three which is found in the higher amounts in the gut um yeah. and that's that's sort of the collagen that we're usually trying to increase more of coming from a gut health space but all of the collagen different types like whether they be related back to the overall like the, the skin and the um the bones and the the, the sort of the, the hair or through to like your connective tissue and the discs and so forth and cartilage through the intestines like it's all important it's just that you can you can choose different types of collagen if you want to target areas a little bit more and I think that's why we tend to go with that um combo of the type one and type three from a gut point of view
1: yeah I was gonna say too like there's a couple of other things like on the market in terms of collagen at the moment it's probably so there's the more um vegan collagens that are starting to make a little bit of a a little And they're derived, so they're used, from my understanding, derived from algae.
0: Um, yeah, yeah.
1: So, look, I, I've, I've had a lot of people ask me about this. To, to my knowledge, I just don't know enough about them. I've looked into them. I've recommended them for some of my vegan clients, and we have found better brands, like mm-hmm. in terms of having a look around, and I'm pretty sure, I think from memory, maybe Nordic Naturals does do a vegan collagen. I can't quite oh, remember. really? Um, they or an algae, algae collagen, but I know yeah. there's a couple of reputable companies starting to dive into that algae collagen we should hit world. Them up. Hmm. But it'd be interesting, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a space that we probably need to look into a bit more at the moment, yeah. And it's quite expensive too. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't know about the. I guess, like, how, like, um, the difference between, like, is it more bioavailable or yeah. that kind of stuff? Like, I don't really know, but just so everyone is aware, there is that space starting to yes. happen for a lot of the demand really, for like, it. you know, vegan style people. And the other thing with collagen, I think, that is a little bit of some other companies jumping on the marketing bandwagon that you just want to be a bit careful of is read your ingredients label, because there are a couple of mm. companies kicking around claiming that a product is collagen, when really what it contains is plant-based products that stimulate collagen production. So there's no actual collagen in that product.
0: Yeah, that's a good call.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I know I've had a couple of my clients say, I'm taking collagen, blah, 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 and then when I actually like query them what type of collagen they're taking because we want stuff that's going to look after their gut and I have a look and I'm like, this is actually just a collection of plants that are great, don't get me wrong, but they're actually just going to be used to stimulate collagen production. So, you know, and they will contain the the nutrients and the phytonutrients and all of that that um, are involved in collagen production in our own skin. So just – I think being aware of, you know, where your collagen is coming from and if your product actually contains collagen is probably
0: worth mentioning. The other thing too that you just remind me of, which is really important for people to realise, and this is something I've been hit up about before, um, collagen is not a protein powder. So if you're trying to use it as an added protein for a meal, so just say you make a smoothie and you're adding collagen as your protein, It's not, it's not a, um, a source of all of your amino acids. Um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a great source of like your glycines and so forth that are important for collagen production, but it's, it's actually quite low in quite a few other amino acids, like particularly tryptophan. Um, so don't use collagen as just a primary protein source. If you're making a smoothie, throw some protein powder in there, um, and then add your collagen as well. Um, And I see a lot of people make that mistake and think that they can just use it as a protein powder. Um, Yeah. And also I think that what I want to highlight too with collagen and probably nutritional yeast is the same. Like we're talking about the benefits of these products and, and how great they are. But I think these two in particular fall into a space where, they're not they're not like a mandatory thing you need to have in your diet like you know we're always about foundations and just good whole food and macro balance these are these are almost well they are they're additions or add-ons and yes nutritional yeast is amazing for cheesiness and so forth but you don't have to go out and buy it if you want to experiment with it and use it for all the things we talked about it's amazing but it's not a must, and collagen's the same. Like it's really amazing, and we use it medicinally. But if you're eating well and you feel well and you don't have any major health concerns, you don't have to be using collagen. Like yeah. if you're if you're making your own, even Broth. if you're into making broths or um, you know just your own stocks or as it gets cooler, doing like your um, your casseroles or your slow cooker meals, like you're you're naturally going to be consuming it. Or if you just yeah. like marrow, you cook something up and suck the marrow. <laughs> bones like it's not you don't have to be going out and buying collagen and i i i kind of want to highlight that too because they're really they're they're great products but they're add-ons as i saw em do a little um insta stories yesterday on making her smoothies and she really pointed out as she was going through products the last couple were some mushroom powders she was adding in and she was like these are your add-ons like you don't have to do this it's just these are i have them i like to throw them in and that's her choice. And I just yeah. I just think it's important that we highlight that.
1: Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah, like, and I think it is too, true exactly what you said too. Like, I'm still a, a real massive believer. Like, don't get me wrong, when I've got collagen, it goes in all my smoothies. And I love yep. my hot drinks in the Arvo that have got collagen in them. But I'm still a massive believer that you will get more from the whole food itself. So yep. getting some um, organic grass-fed marrow bones and making your own broth or making your own sort of stock or something like that or you know when you roast it when you roast a chicken and you take all the meat off it you keep I always like obviously you know organic ones but you always keep the carcasses and freeze them and chuck them into a slow cooker and fill that up with my stock veggies like you're going to get so much more out Mm -hmm. of that from a whole food point of view than I believe you will out of a powder yeah Um, I know the powders are essentially the same but you just can't kind of do what nature can do like I'm such a big believer in that so if you are out there and you're like, but I make, you know, I make beautiful um, stews and, um, you know, curries and all that. And I always use, you know, chicken. And I leave my bones in it or I, you know, use beef and I leave the bones in If you're doing all of that stuff on a regular basis, like you're killing it in the collagen yep. department. Yeah. Like.
0: That's it. You got it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that's, that's our three, um, which is good. I'm, I'm excited to start jumping into some of these foods for you guys. So, we did ask on our socials um, for different foods you wanted us to discuss, which will will kind of feed into our different topics as we go throughout the podcast and the, the weeks come about. But if there's more, we've got a bit of a list, but if there's more that you think of and you want to hit us up, just DM us. Um, yeah. And with today's episode in the show notes, we've mentioned a couple of recipes, so I'll pop those in the show notes. Um, there's also... <laughs> There's also in the cookbook, <laughs> in EAT, um, some pretty awesome tofu-y tempeh. There's some amazing tempeh burgers, like so delicious. So, um, yeah, I'll pop all of those in the show notes. Um, and Carissa has something else to add. She's got a hand up for the third time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to say too, there's um, like there's on the space of college and there's some really cool companies doing um, – Broth and stock concentrates, which are packed with collagen. Yeah. So, yeah. Like so, we've got Meadow and Mara who have just rebranded. Yeah. Um, yep. So they, so they've obviously should I say their name? I can't even remember. Just so people can actually look them up. Hang me two seconds, I'll be able to find this. But also best of the bone. So
0: yeah, best it's of the kind bone. Kind of like I in that
1: in between space where you want to get collagen into your food and do it from a food based perspective, but you don't have the time to be doing. S- stuff from scratch but you're like i don't really want to add another powder to my already crazy powder collection (laughs) then broth concentrates let's face it we've got a shit ton (laughs) then broth concentrates are the way to go like they're kind of just like that dehydrated broth in your slow cooker that has just been reduced reduced down Mm. to this gooey glumpy Mm. mess like oh god it's just some of the most amazing stuff in the world
0: i was trying to find Um, some locally here the other day and they didn't have it down there i was like damn it oh yeah
1: so um we could send you some.
0: Have you got some? Well, I'm, yeah, I don't know. We can send you. You'll come down to Brisbane tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow.
1: <laughs> well, I don't I- actually – I've got to work out how to pronounce it. But it's um, – so Meta and Marrow have rebranded. So they were one of our fave companies. So they've just rebranded to a company that is Gevetrix, I think. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But it's G- G-E-V-I-T-Y-R-X,
0: mm. G- They'll be like, wow, thanks for the plug, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, anyway, them or Best of the Bone are my pick of the bunch if you want to look at broth concentrates. Do you, do you use any others or they're just your two brands? They're probably the
0: main two. Usually Best of the Bone because I've been able to – in Brisbane, that's what I could get locally. But, yeah. yeah, they're probably the main two that I've used. But the other thing I do, which you brought up, I just need to get my stocks up in because we've obviously haven't been here long, is I'll – yeah, the fruit. Oh, damn it, we did a ch- – oh, no. I was just thinking Damien threw out the carcass, but of course he hasn't. It's still in the fridge. I'll um, freeze my chicken carcasses. So, yeah, as a, once I've got three or four chicken carcasses into the slow cooker, they go with water, a couple of bay leaves, a bit of apple cider. That's it. And then delicious. Have,
1: have you seen, I'm just like, again, we're not plugging people. This is not a paid promotion for anyone. Just to, <laughs> this is just me and Jess just speaking off the top of our heads. But, um, my so Shan from My Food Religion has for this is for the really game people, but I have given this to a lot of my clients who A don't digest that just really need good collagen and protein and all of that. Mm-hmm. In or A are just, you know, really game with their food and up for these kinds of things. So I think this is pretty cool. Um Roasted marrow bones. So literally uh, just or proper like, you know, like half a cow leg the bone sawn in half. Yeah and just like you know seasoned with salt pepper a bit oh. of thyme and stuff like that and actually roasted in the oven. She's got a recipe Yum. on her website for that. It is and,
0: delicious. Hey, it's like and, melt yeah. in the mouth amazing. Yeah. Roasted and I row. know like
1: I've even some of my like like more plant-based gut clients that really struggle with digesting animal protein like you know in terms of like trying to get any sort of to boost, you know, just mineral levels and stuff like that, like sometimes just getting them to roast marrow bones, they are so on board with that, which yeah. I, yeah, yeah which I've love that recipe to a lot of people. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> another one for you guys. Sorry, Jess was trying to finish, but I'll shut up now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to wrap it up by saying today is Emma's 30th birthday.
1: Happy 30th,
0: <laughs> <laughs> And if you do listen to this today, Em, we hope you had an amazing day. And for anyone that listens, just bombard her, socials with lots of happy birthday love. We're going to be celebrating tomorrow night in Brisbane and um, yeah yep. we're pretty excited to all get together and down a espresso martini together. Espresso I martini. think that's going to be happening.
1: Um, Michelle's done literally the whole of February off booze and coffee so she's going to have an espresso martini and just be bouncing off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I failed at everything. Um <laughs>
0: awesome well thanks so much um, for listening sorry about all my arms i'm dropping in here at the end trying to wrap this one up we'll as we said pop things in the show notes for you and you guys know we love hearing from you and please subscribe you can head to the website to do that you can head to itunes and leave us a review we're loving your reviews we've had a few extra popping in there lately and it makes us very happy But other than that, have an awesome weekend and we'll chat to you next time.
1: Chat to you next time. Bye. Bye.